Hello, everyone. Welcome to Let's Go Up, podcast edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We're your hosts. I'm Dean. Caritas. And Caritas, today, the language of heaven. Mm, Part three. This is part three. The trifecta. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) The language of heaven. Yeah. I like it already. I think we're going to talk about how Holy Spirit develops language in us Mm. for transformation that's happening in our heart. Sounds good. Hey, guys. If this podcast is encouraging to you, consider hitting like and subscribe. And also the notification bell is there mm-hmm. if you want to be notified when we put out a new podcast. All right, Dean. Read us. Yeah. How was your week? It's been an interesting week. <laughs> Explain, pray tell. <laughs> We're right in the middle of the busiest time of the year. Yes. Okay. You told me that you guys are selling blueberries at dog food factories. We are. This was a fact I never knew. I didn't know dogs ate blueberries. Dogs eat blueberries. It's amazing. <laughs> and a lot of them, apparently. Like hundreds. We sell hundreds of thousands of pounds of blueberries to dog food factories. That's amazing. <laughs> well, what is all that good stuff in blueberries? Blueberries are full of antioxidants. These canines love their antioxidants. They must, (laughs) because they eat a lot of blueberries. Yeah. (laughs) I never knew either that they mix blueberries into dog food, but they do. The good dog food factories put actual whole blueberries in. The ones that are trying to cut corners Mm -hmm. put blueberry powder in. Oh, okay. Interesting. Somebody always tries to cut the corner. (laughs) Someone always I um when I was in high school, I had this teacher that we'd always play pranks on kind of back and forth. And one day on Valentine's Day, I decided to make chocolate-covered dog food, but put it in a Purdy's chocolate-covered nut bag. So it looked legit. So I made my chocolate-covered dog food and then I put some chocolate-covered nuts and then I presented it to this teacher for Valentine's Day, but he knew like He knew you. So he had some and trans- your family. Yeah, he knew he had some history. There was always so he's like already smirking. Like this can't be. You would never just bring me this delicious bag of chocolate. So he opened it for me and he's like, "Why don't you try one?" So of course I had already put the nuts in. So I took one of the actual chocolate covered nuts and I ate one and I took another one and I took another shape. So then his guard is let down slightly, and so he takes the bag home. <laughs> the next day he's like, "What was in those chocolates? Really hard and crunchy, and they weren't bad." But so I just like, "What? You ate it?" That was dog food. He's like, what? Was there any cat food mixed in there? I'm like, no, just dog food. Okay, that's fine. Apparently, he had worked at a dog food factory when he was a teenager. And he said, I I wouldn't mind eating dog food, but cat food I wouldn't touch. Okay. (laughs) So he was okay that we gave him a bag of chocolate-covered dog food. (laughs) Not if it was cat food. That would be too far. If you ever give me chocolates, (laughs) there's no way I'm going to touch them. No way. Anyways, so how was the rest of your week? The other day I had something interesting happen. I had the worst day of my life. Oh, just, just it a little. Was so bad. Okay? <laughs> okay. It started out bad. Things just went downhill. A machine broke down. Everybody was cranky. The atmosphere was a little yeah. tilted. Yeah. I wasn't carrying the kingdom very well <laughs> into my workplace. Cranky Dean. That's one Dean I haven't seen. I've yet to see. And then I missed an appointment. Oh what man. a what a letdown. By the end of the day. <laughs> oh. Our mailbox got broken into yeah. months ago. Okay. The, so we've had to go to the post office to get our mail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little so, out of the way. Yeah. It's yeah. quite out of the way, actually. So I went to the post office to get the Wait, mail. So you picked this day that already nothing was working. I thought maybe there's some good news in the mail. <laughs> ah, okay. Yes. You had that little glimmer of hope. Hope. Against all hope. I went to the post office and they told me, 
We've been delivering your mail back to your mailbox for a week already. I had to come all the way back. And, and you were just totally cool with this. By that time, <laughs> I was done. I was not cool with it. Yeah. And there was no good news in the mail. Anyhow, <laughs> it was just bad. Bunch of flyers. I was so dark. Did you get inside. jury duty? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the joy of Jesus in my heart. Yeah. Your wife must have given you some. Yes. She said to me, you need to go spend some time with Jesus. <laughs> So I came up here. I sat right where you're sitting, mm. took my guitar, started to worship. So at first, nothing. I kept worshiping, started singing songs to Jesus. I worshiped for about an hour. And at the end, I felt this like joy in my heart. I was like, okay, we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. So I have to say, none of the circumstances changed. Mm. But all that night, I had joy in my heart mm. and peace. And the next morning when I went to work, I carried the joy and I carried the peace. Nothing changed, mm. but I changed. And I remembered when you worship, it doesn't necessarily change the circumstances, but it changes you. It mm. changed my heart attitude. It changed my outlook. Mm-hmm. A couple of days later, everything just kind of went away. <laughs> I don't know where it went. Mm-hmm. It didn't miraculously disappear, mm-hmm. but it just dissipated into nothingness. Yeah, that's so encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of what's happening, like with Jesus at the center. I heard one guy say, I think it was Graham Cook, Jesus is my stance in every circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> Trust Graham Cook for this, <laughs> to come up with something like that. Yeah. That's so awesome. So encouraging. So just, you know, if you're having one of those days, just worship. So it's really our own choice. He's always worthy. Yeah. He never stops being worthy. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't we worship? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen to me so many times over the years where things have gone wrong. I don't know what to do. One time my wife was diagnosed with, they thought it was cancer. Mm. I remember one night I was so discouraged that I was numb and I was just sitting there. I was in my office. I decided to worship. And the only thing I kept thinking was, because he's worthy, doesn't matter what happens he's worthy right Mm -hmm. endlessly worthy always worthy he never stops being worthy yeah i worshiped for a period of i don't know half an hour it was really interesting two bright lights flashed in the sky one right after the other and i didn't know what had happened but they were super bright Mm. the next morning on the news i heard that two meteorites had come oh wow there was low cloud cover so it acted like a big reflector the Mm. whole sky lit up twice I knew at that point in time that the father had heard me. And we went through those tests. Everything came back negative. The doctor came in. She was grinning ear to ear, holding her tablet. And she said, I actually never get to give good news, (laughs) but I have good news for you today. So awesome. You're clear. It's something else. We just need to do this little procedure and it'll go away. Yeah. Yeah. Moral of the story, fix your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Situations may change, but he doesn't change. He never changes. He's the same whether you're going through it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his yeah. promises are the same and his word is the same. Yeah. In your circumstance that you're in, you and Nathan are worshiping people. Even when I go into your house, I can feel the spirit of worship there. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. So he volunteers at a children's hospice a few times a month. Mm-hmm. So he was there the other night and he often just plays worship music with these kids. And this one particular song, there's power. There's in power in the name of Jesus, right? To break yeah. every chain. Yeah. yeah. So he's singing a couple worship songs and there's these children there and they had like a lot of movements and kind of agitated looking. And then he starts playing that song. 
immediately this child just calms down and the whole body just relaxes. Mm. And then he goes to another song and it kind of starts agitating again. So then he goes right back to, there is power right. in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And instantly the whole body just calms again. Of course, he's also going in there with a heart of healing and wholeness and the presence of the Father. Yeah, and this kind of stuff happens all the time. So very cool. All right, Dean, worship and dog food. That was a solid intro right there. You know, we started with the weather last week. Uh, yes. Anyways, let's just smoothly roll into our topic now. Of We always have two things happening here <laughs> on the podcast. First, an awkward transition into our subject, and at the end, an awkward transition out of it. Yeah. But yeah, once we get fine. into it, we just roll. We're rolling. We're there we rolling. Go. Yeah. So this is part three. We talked about the tree of knowledge. Yes. The tree of life. Yep. And now? Infused knowledge. The language of heaven. I feel like with knowledge, there's another way that it can come to us. And I think we want to talk about that today. It's so fascinating to me. I have a lot of people ask me a question wherever I go, and I never know how to answer it. They always say, oh, Dean, how do you know your Bible so well? And honestly, I actually don't know. I don't know how I know my Bible so well, because I certainly don't have a strategy for the way that I take in the Word of God into my heart and my soul. I really follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Oftentimes I'll ask him, where do you want me to be today? He'll show me. I tend to spend a lot of time in the Gospels. I have friends who love to read Paul, and I have a deep respect for Paul, but I've always been drawn to the life of Jesus. So I guess different people have different yeah. focuses. Yeah. For me, it's always been Jesus. Yeah, He's focused me there a lot. But I don't have a strategy. I don't have a system. Yeah. Well, actually, Nathan was just telling me this today when he got home from work, that he was reading his little pocket Bible on his lunch break. Mm -hmm. And one of the other electricians kind of leans over. He's like, oh, what are you reading there? The Bible. He was a Sikh. He's like, oh, wow. How many times have you read it? And he's like, I understand why you would think that because usually you read a book from beginning to end. And mm -hmm. then so he was able to kind of share with them a little bit. Like sometimes God will keep me in one chapter for mm -hmm. like a month. Right. And just stay here. There's something in here I want you to become, not just yeah. know. Mm -hmm. And the guy had like never heard of reading that way, right? It's right. like Holy Spirit led, kind of like our podcast. <laughs> there like you we, go. We think we know where it's going. You can have a plan, but you have to be willing. I'm going to keep you in Genesis, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> he kept me in Genesis one time for six years. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it is for me as well. Mm, Holy yeah. Spirit will lead me to a place and keep me there for months sometimes, or yeah. sometimes only a day. Yeah. But I really follow that leading. How about you? Mm, yeah, very similar. And then sometimes not at all. Sometimes I feel like there's these periods of time, I just don't feel like he wants me to read it at that point. Mm. Like There's just this... That's interesting that you say that, because I actually have the same thing, and I used to feel super guilty about that. And you're trying to force reading it? Force you start falling asleep, or like all these other things that aren't normal when I'm reading the Bible? When you try to force <laughs> read the Bible... You can actually read two, three, or four verses and nothing sinks in. That's when I know I'm not doing this, <laughs> right? Like this isn't happening right now when I literally can't remember what I've just read. Yeah. And I find those times often there's something in my life that Holy Spirit wants to address or talk to me mm -hmm. about or, you know, doesn't want me moving on and reading more and mm -hmm. getting anything. He wants to speak to me about something. And so just kind of learning the communication. That's so interesting because I've wondered about that in my own life. I've wondered if anybody else... <laughs> experiences that 
Yeah, but it's true. Like years ago, it's almost nine years when my husband became a follower of Jesus. Mm -hmm. But there was a season there where him and I were just so hungry for the word, like every second we had eagerly eating it and now absorbing it. And now there's these seasons where I'll go through and not read for a little while. And at first that was kind of like uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Now I'm realizing it's not about just gaining knowledge. There's this presence, there's this relationship, there's this guiding and teaching and growing. I always say it's like the cloud in the wilderness. The cloud will move, move with the cloud. So you will be doing one particular thing, reading your Bible, and the presence of God will be on it. Words jumping off the page, landing in your heart. <laughs> yeah, you're getting rocked, mm-hmm. you know. Like, are you guys reading this same Daily, thing? yeah. And then that will subside Mm. and you'll be like, where did it go? Well, actually what happened is the cloud moved. Oh, yes. Right. So now we need to move. All right. Okay, Holy Spirit, what are you doing now? And I'll try things. I'll try worship. Sometimes the Holy Spirit moves on my heart and rocks my heart through Mm. creative expression. Sometimes he rocks my heart with the word. Sometimes he rocks my heart when I'm talking to people, presence on conversations, I always find that if I follow what he's doing, that's the way that I stay in the presence. Yeah. God is such a God of variety. Sometimes I think he gets bored. <laughs> like, I think it's important to do too. something different here. Yeah, not to limit the Holy Spirit, no. right? To only speak to us in one way. Now, are we saying, Caritas, don't read your Bible? Oh, man. Yes. If you, if you see how often this book. Absolutely <laughs> not. I am not saying that, okay? I remember one time taking a class in poetry. Right in the middle of the poetry book was a couple of psalms, which they had included as poetry. And I remember reading through all the poetry, and it's nice, beautiful in its own way. But I remember finding those psalms in the middle of the book and reading them and realizing Hmm. this comes from a completely different spirit. The contrast was so stark to me because of what was surrounding it. Mm -hmm. And here you had light, the source of light, right in the middle of this book of beautiful artistry. Mm -hmm. But it was a contrast. Like, this is the word of God. One thing about the word, though, that I've learned is that the word is not letters on a page. The word is Jesus. Yeah. I encounter... The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Yeah. The word is still flesh because now the word lives in us and we're flesh. Bam. There we go. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm very passionate about the living word as found in Jesus. Yeah. I don't want to disregard the written word of God, but the word of God is meant to lead us on an encounter with Jesus. Yeah. You can search the scriptures endlessly. You can memorize them. Yeah. I heard someone put it once, the Bible is the only book in the world where the author shows up every time. (laughs) There you go. The scriptures provide an entrance point for the word of God. When we read the Bible, it is about encountering the living word rather than the letter. There's a difference between study and encounter-based learning. Well, it's not about memorizing and knowing. When you're spending time in the word, with the Lord, are you becoming more like him Mm -hmm. or just knowing more about him? Someone could give you a little write-up about me, mm-hmm. and you could read it and memorize it and know all these things on this paper about me, but if you've never spent time with me, you're not going to know me. You would never know how you, Viking you really you are. Would never, like, she seems relatively normal. <laughs> 
Nope. Little do they know. No. Nope. Right? Like you can wrong. literally, and you All can wrong. live across the street from your neighbor your whole life mm-hmm. and know a lot about them, know their habits, their what time they leave for work, start to pick up these behaviors they have. Yep. But if you've never talked to them and spent time with them, you don't know them. You'll misinterpret them easily. There's so much about knowing him. Mm-hmm. So this is an encounter point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a place where words meet author. Mm. And we want to know the author. Yeah. So Mm. that's the way that I approach the Word of God. And I have no idea (laughs) why I know so much about the Bible. Mm. That's good. But I do know that the Holy Spirit infuses me with things. I think what happens is that we take in the Word. It says in the Mm. Psalms, the entrance of your Word brings light. It's like this doorway. That's a doorway. That's exactly what it is. That's mm. such a good way of putting it. The word is a doorway. It is a doorway, yeah. It's a gateway to a person. And we want to go through that doorway and we want to encounter the person of Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I thought we would start talking about language. Every new thing that happens to us needs language to express it, right? So if you have a mathematical dimension, you need new numbers to express that. Mm-hmm. What happens is that the Holy Spirit does a work in our heart. Mm. We don't understand what's going on. And then he starts building language in us to understand. And that's where the infused knowledge comes in. Mm. I remember when we had met you, the Lord had been doing all this amazing stuff in our heart, but we didn't have language for it. And you just started talking, just normal. And you were putting language through what you had experienced with the Lord, not even realizing that he had been doing this in our hearts and we didn't have language for it. And you had language for it. And so he gave us language for a lot of what we were walking through, through you Mm. unexpectedly, which was pretty cool. And I've received so much language for what I'm walking through from other people too. Yeah. That's why I find that in conversation sometimes is where the Holy Spirit is resting. Mm. Yeah. Like you're just putting into words something Mm -hmm. that we didn't have words for, that we didn't even know was possible. We knew it was there, but just couldn't speak it. Speak it out. Yeah. 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 So language is very important. It is what develops in us Mm. through encounter. Jesus himself and the Holy Spirit infuses us with language. I feel like it's one of the most understated things. You can study something Mm. to try to get enough knowledge so that you can put language together for something in order to describe it to somebody. But in my life, I've done plenty of studying. I've gone to Bible school. Bible school graduate right here. (laughs) There you go. But I couldn't tell you one single Bible school class. And I did it for years. (laughs) I do remember when I was going to Bible school, I thought, oh, this is such good information. I was making notes. I had a whole binder full of like (laughs) Mm -hmm. mind-blowing epic notes notes (laughs) about stuff. I remember going back after I was done and looking through those notes and there was nothing in them. Interesting. There was no life in them at all. Eventually I took all those binders and I threw them away because I couldn't even make sense out of what I had learned. But what the Holy Spirit has done in me is infused stuff into me and given me language for things that I didn't even know existed. Yeah. And those are the things that I carry in my heart. And they've come through me encountering Jesus. So I'm not saying that it's bad to go to Bible school. All I'm saying is that if you do go to school, don't go for the knowledge. Go to encounter Jesus. Yeah. You will have a deposit in your heart Oh yes. that you'll carry with you for mm. the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. For me, I took away binders. Mm. I wish I would have gone looking for an encounter with Jesus. 
I went looking for an encounter with knowledge. Mm. I wish I would have just had a different mindset. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, because he is the living word. Because you hear that a lot even with like making a discipline and reading your Bible. Like every time I read my Bible, I I leave and I don't remember what I read or, you know, and so it's like this discouraging thing. But if you come into this seeking presence, Mm -hmm. you won't feel defeated. You won't feel discouraged or condemned or, you know, there isn't like shame to it. There's this excitement. The way that you just put language to that, I think is so key. You just said, if you go into it seeking presence, if I pull this out, what am I seeking? Am I seeking the letter? Am I seeking knowledge? Or am I seeking presence? Am I seeking him? That's the difference right there. You can do the same thing in two different ways. In one way, you'll just get stuff that you'll have in a notebook. The other way, you'll get him. Mm -hmm. And you'll carry him with you for the rest of your life. Greatest, we have some verses to read here today. Um, Dean, you're only allowed to say the ones that you've memorized. (laughs) (laughs) I ran across this one a while ago, and it's made me think a lot. Revelation 1.15, speaking about Jesus talking, it says, His voice was like the sound of many waters. So oftentimes we listen for a singular voice, right? Yeah. But many waters. The voice of God comes in many different directions. Wow. At the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Every water frames a different dimension in what he's saying. There is an infinite number of waters in each word that Jesus speaks. (laughs) And I just wrote all these down. These came out of my mind. So good. That is why the voice of God is so life-giving, because it is so multifaceted. It sparks thoughts in a thousand directions, some of them not even seemingly related to the original subject. Mm. So that's what will happen to me oftentimes when I'm reading. All of a sudden, I'll have a thousand thoughts going off in directions like fireworks. Yeah. (laughs) Way over there, way over there, way over Mm. there, way over there. But what I realize is that he's bringing my heart to life and Mm. things are jumping out inside of me Light is shining into me, and it's mm-hmm. shining on things. All the things that are shining are sparkling. Wow. Yeah. That's one of the ways that you can tell that his presence is there, is that fireworks effect. Yeah. Going off in a lot of different directions mm-hmm. at once. <laughs> wow. Mic drop. <laughs> that was like a thud. <laughs> Boom. Yep. <laughs> Power. Power. Someday that mic is not going to make any more sound. <laughs> Today is not that day. No. (laughs) Hmm. Oftentimes when I'm listening to somebody speak that is speaking from presence, that person may be speaking on this subject, but my heart is going off in a thousand different directions, (laughs) way over there, way over there. I'm coming alive inside. That's so good. It's It's so true. presence on this. Yeah, so true. (laughs) The original subject isn't always the intent. Mm. When light shines on it, the intent can actually be somewhere else. Wow. It kind of reminds me a little bit in one way of how so many times people would ask Jesus a question, and then he just asked them a question completely unrelated, seemingly. Seemingly unrelated, you're right. You're saying one thing, heaven's saying another. You've heard it said, yada, 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 but I'm saying da, 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 da. There's Mm -hmm. another language out here, another message out here. And I think sometimes I'll go in the word like with this motive, and then he'll just like, actually... Yeah. Explosion over here. Yeah. Focus on this epic thing I want to show you. Or he would speak in a parable that (laughs) nobody would understand. Yeah. I was thinking about that this week after we had been talking about the tree of knowledge and the tree of life. I was thinking like, man, we feel like this strong need to explain and lay everything out Mm -hmm. in this word. 
the teacher stands up there kind of like a university professor and takes it apart and explains it to mm-hmm. you. And I get that and the value in that. But look at Jesus. Sometimes he wouldn't explain it. He would just say it in a confusing parable. And there was something to that. And about, he would say he or she who has ears to hear, let them hear. Yeah. So there's something about yeah. the Holy Spirit is going to reveal certain things to mm. us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. How about this? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Oh. You got three steps there. Okay. Faith, hearing, the word of God. So I'm just thinking through this process. <laughs> yeah. Through the word comes hearing. So we're after the hearing. Just like the entrance of your word brings light, we're actually after the light. But the word of God is like that. It sparks other things out in us. Here it's bringing out hearing. And when we hear, it's something that we can actually attach faith to or something that grows faith, Hmm. right? Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made from things which are visible. I'm thinking about... Worlds can be framed by language given to us in the context of presence. Wow. Because God spoke words into a container of light. Yeah. So if we're speaking language, God filled words into a presence of light, it can frame our world. Wow. And Jesus only spoke the words, his father. He Mm -hmm. said, I only speak the words he's giving me. No wonder he doesn't speak very much. (laughs) He's very picky with what he said. Yeah. My wife always tells me I don't talk enough. You should be like, uh, sweetie. Next time she tells me that, I'm just going to say, mm-hmm. honey, <laughs> I, only I only speak the words the Father gives me. I don't know how it's going to go over. <laughs> I'll tell you next week. Next podcast mm-hmm. intro. <laughs> A lot of people have quoted this verse to me in the context of studying. Okay. I think in the King James it says, study to show yourself approved. A workman being able to rightly divide the word of truth. But there's actually no Greek word study in that verse at all. Mm. And all the other translations say things like, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. It doesn't say anything about studying. A worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. That's the ESV. So knowledge is very closely related to teaching in our current culture. Mm. I think because of that, we have this idea about teaching where somebody would get up, take a subject matter, break it down, put it into language that would be easy for somebody to understand and assimilate. But that's not really the way that Jesus did it, first of all. Like you were saying, he talked in parables. We're still trying to figure out what he was trying to say most (laughs) after all these years. Mm. He didn't speak very clearly. He oftentimes used random things to answer questions that somebody asked that were seemingly off topic, but actually they weren't off topic. And like you said, there's two sets of language being used here. This person is using the language of the world and he's talking the language of heaven. So the language of heaven carries something different than the language of the world. Mm. It carries presence. And depth. When you hear him talking even about something, what seems so simple in black and white, many waters. Many waters, yeah. (laughs) There are many, many layers to every single verse in the Bible. Mm -hmm. The language from heaven carries many, many facets to it, Mm -hmm. many layers. Yeah. So I just want to encourage anybody who currently struggles with reading the word and feeling Mm -hmm. bored or disinterested, everybody is meant to have this type of encounter with him. 
I hope it encourages you that there's more instead of feeling like, oh, I'll, I'll never get this. I just, just too over my head. Like go in expecting an encounter. Go in without the need to have knowledge, but the need to know him and meet him and have a relationship with him because it will happen. He says, seek me and you will find me and you won't be disappointed. Stay on point, follow the Holy Spirit in your personal devotional life, if you want to call that with him. Don't get into forcing something when it's not there. Look for the life. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Cretus. I'm going to say that I feel like Jesus, who I would say is the master teacher, is bringing a new understanding of the teaching gift which he has given to the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's all over the New Testament, so we can't deny that it's there. Mm-hmm. He has put that teaching gift in certain people. I feel, though, that he is bringing a new understanding of what that looks like. Yeah. And I feel like he's taking us away from the traditional teaching method that the world uses, and he's building a new paradigm, a new way of seeing that gift. Wow. I don't yeah. have complete language for it. I'm just starting to realize because I actually have a bit of a gift of teaching in myself. Mm-hmm. My dad was a school teacher. So that kind of came down to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm realizing that it's not about breaking down information. Mm-hmm. It's not about breaking down knowledge. It's about something quite different. Yes. And so he's developing that in me. And I hope to be able to share a little bit of that somehow tonight. Yeah. I don't know how it's going to come out. Yeah. I don't want to put down teachers but I want to see if we can find some language for how Jesus might do it. Because Nicodemus said to Jesus, teacher, he called him teacher, we understand that you're from God because nobody can do the signs that you do if they aren't from God. So Nicodemus saw two things in Jesus. He saw a teaching gift and he saw signs and wonders. Mm. He saw these two things together. The people used to say about Jesus, he teaches with authority not like the scribes and Pharisees. Mm. So the scribes and Pharisees were teaching one way Mm -hmm. and they saw Jesus teaching and they recognized that he had a different thing going on. Yeah. He had a different vibe. Yeah. He had something that they didn't have. A bit of mysterion with what he was saying. Like, no. Right? Yeah. A mystery here. He had an authority. That was the only language they could come up with for it. We've just been talking here today about how oftentimes it looked somewhat confusing. He taught in such a way that they absolutely enjoyed listening to him because it says in one place that the crowds used to love listening to him teach. Mm. But oftentimes they didn't understand what he was saying because he was talking in these parables and he wasn't making a point of trying to make things clear. He had this authority and that he'd say it, but then not try to like explain every word and this is actually what I mean. Please don't misinterpret me. I mean, like he just said it. And he knew it didn't make sense. We talked about this the other week about drinking his blood and eating his flesh. He knew that the majority of them didn't get it. And he didn't say, wait, 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 all you guys leaving. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. (laughs) Our church numbers are going down. Let me explain. That's not what I meant. No, he knew what he meant. That authority, not needing to justify or explain himself, not defending himself. There's this Mm. authority in that and confidence and... Yeah. Interesting. So he did it slightly different. I think it was very different. One thing I realized, though, teaching and signs and wonders Mm. are supposed to go together. Nicodemus saw it in Jesus. Mm -hmm. He said, teacher, we know that you're from God because you wouldn't be if you didn't have these signs and wonders. And Paul said something very similar. Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 5. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come as someone superior in speaking ability or wisdom, 
as I proclaim to you the testimony of God, for I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in great trembling, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Oh, yes. So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of mankind, but on the power of God. Wow. Same thing from mm -hmm. Paul that Nicodemus mm -hmm. recognized in Jesus. This combination of teaching, but with signs and wonders. Mm -hmm. The spirit and power that goes along with the teaching gift keeps the teacher accountable to what the teacher is trying to teach. I don't think we get to stand up and proclaim information to people without having accountability attached to it for what we're saying. That's powerful. And it's very out there, I know. I don't really think it's out there. Like, oops. Well, I'm comparing Jesus and Paul, and they're both saying the same thing. Yeah. How often do you see these people become very popular, famous teachers fall? Yeah. Maybe we're putting the wrong people on pedestals, like the wrong qualifications. They're like worldly qualifications. Like, right. Because you can become a really eloquent speaker. Yes. I feel like we have taken teachers and put them on pedestals far above what maybe they were meant to be. Mm. But I feel like teaching is a gift. It's also an art form. There's language out there right now that is being used to describe teachers, and it's called being a really good communicator. So-and-so is a really good communicator. An influencer, these are words right now that are buzzwords in the community, even in the community of podcasting, like what we're doing right now. Okay. You're an influencer, you're a communicator. Teaching can be honed to the place where it is such a powerful art form. You can actually use words that can very much manipulate people and their minds to go in different directions. Mm. That is a very powerful gift. And that's why I feel like the Holy Spirit has emphasized there's something that's supposed to go along with that. If yeah. the person is not seeking the right thing, mm -hmm. if they're not seeking the encounter yeah. with the Holy Spirit of power, and if what they're proclaiming is not coming out of encounter, you can make that into an art form that will move the hearts and the emotions of people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but might not even carry the Holy Spirit or an encountered word with oh, it. Yeah, That's yeah. why I say I feel like Jesus, who is the ultimate teacher, is bringing a focus back on this yes. gift, yeah. the way that he intended for it to be used. Mm, wow. Once again, I don't want to slam dunk any teachers out there. No, we know your motive. I myself am one. <laughs> but what you were saying reminded me a little bit even of worship music. There's this powerful effect it can have on our emotions. Like yep. people will often send me songs. Before I even listen to it, I'll read the words mm. because I find there's such an art form in connecting to your emotions in a song yeah. and the sound. Like All of these different gifts that are meant to be seen, they all carry an artistic slant to them. They can all be developed artistically and polished to a shine yeah. that looks absolutely beautiful. There are always two versions of it. There's always the encountered version and there's always the tree of knowledge version. So I think what we want to do today is we just want to focus on the encountered version mm. because teaching is so closely tied to knowledge and we're talking yeah. about infused knowledge. I think I want to read some verses here. Yeah. I don't want to talk about what's being done wrong. I want to talk about how did the father intend this thing to be? Hmm. Listen to this one. 
Galatians 1, beloved ones, this is Paul, let me repeat empathetically that the gospel entrusted to me was not given to me by any man. Mm. No one taught me this revelation, for it was given to me directly by the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Talk about infused knowledge. No kidding. (laughs) This guy's ministry. That's infused knowledge on steroids right there. (laughs) That's so good. That's a classic example, I think, of what we're talking about here. Mm. Things like Mm. that. Things that I feel like should be more normalized in our conversations. Not like, what? What did you just say? Um, So-and-so was just suddenly not here anymore, and he was taken up by spirit and moved over yonder. Ooh. That's another podcast right there. <laughs> to put it in my layman's terms. <laughs> <laughs> We're podcasting and Kiritas is no longer there. And that would be super bizarre, but should it be? Shouldn't be. Should it be? Right? Oh. Like, oh, an angel disappears. Should be on point. Should it just be like, oh, did the camera lens pick up an angel or a microphone? We'll see once we go to edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isaiah thirty twenty. Here's some verses about teachers. Though the Lord gave you adversity for food and suffering for drink, he will still be with you to teach you, Mm. and you will see your teacher with your own eyes. Your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or the left. So here it's talking about the Lord himself being our teacher and guiding us from behind. Mm -hmm. Mm. He said that in Revelation, right, John, when he's like, Yes, I I heard a voice behind me. Exiled, but the voice behind me. Yes. Exactly. In Jeremiah, the new covenant that the Lord makes with us, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God. They will be my people. Hmm. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest. So here, Holy Spirit teaching directly, right? We talked last week about a verse in Isaiah 54, each one of them will be taught by the Lord. Mm, yeah. In the New Testament, John 14, I am telling you these things now while I am with you, mm. but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. Wait, he'll teach you how many things? Everything. and All things? Listen, and listen to this, <laughs> and remind you of everything I have told you. So Holy Spirit's going to teach us everything and remind us of everything that Jesus Mm -hmm. has told us. My own personal testimony would be the Holy Spirit brings these things to my remembrance. Mm. He brings them up in me. There's another one very similar. This one is cool. 1 John 2. As for you, the anointing which you received from him remains in you, and you have no need for anyone to teach you. Mm. What? But as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you remain in him. Do we believe that he's got this? He's got us? You know how they say a prophetic word that's given over you should really only be confirming what the Holy Spirit is already saying in your life at that point in time? I feel in the same way that that's what teachers should be in our life. Hmm. I feel that teachers should be confirming Mm. what the Holy Spirit is teaching. And I feel like a teacher should be confirmation of those things in our lives rather than the main event. Mm -hmm. So exciting, Dean. Listen to this, James 3. Let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing that as such we will incur a stricter judgment. That's why I feel like Holy Spirit and power connected to a teaching gift keeps us accountable as teachers. Yeah, It keeps our heart in a place where we can't do this on our own strength. 
And I do want to say on the other side of it, there are a lot of scriptures that talk about teach this, teach the word, mm. teach that. So we are supposed to teach. But from presence and from encounter. So as a teacher, mm. I would say to my teacher friends out there, don't study for information. Instead, seek to encounter Jesus. Yeah. And then from the encounter, let language be formed in your heart because then you will carry encountered words. Mm-hmm. And those words will be spirit and life. That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, my words yeah. are spirit and life. Wow. Listen to this. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you only have one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So Paul didn't even relate to himself as a teacher. He related as a father. A father bringing a word to somebody is a much different thing than 10,000 teachers trying to teach you something. Wow, Dean. The heart of a father. <laughs> that's why Jesus said, I only say what the father says. Wow. Because he was carrying that heart. Mm. And out of that he taught. And that brought along with it the spirit and power to the words that he was saying. Mm. That's what Nicodemus recognized. My mind is blown. Yeah, that's what we wanted. (laughs) I only read these verses because we don't often pull them into one group and hear them all together at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to just pull these verses out to say, there is another way to do this. Mm -hmm. Yes, we believe in the teaching gift, but Jesus did it in a different way. Paul did it in a different way. I believe that Jesus... He's been working in the hearts of his precious teachers, Mm. giving them language. I believe he's about to unveil a whole new look to the teaching gift in the body of Christ. I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So in oneness and in union with Jesus, when we find the heart of the Father and when he encounters our heart, once that encounter starts to take hold on us, We don't get it. We don't understand it. We don't have language for it. But then as we sit with it and as we let it percolate, then he starts giving us language to express what he's doing in our hearts. Hmm. And once that language comes into focus, then we're able to present it out of a heart that's encountered. Mm -hmm. And then it carries presence with it. Yeah. And that's the way that knowledge is infused into us. Hmm. It comes through union And we don't even know how it's developed in us. And there it is. So that verse that you read at the beginning, when Paul said he received by direct revelation. Mm. Can you read that one again? Yeah, that one's in Galatians 1, verse 11. Beloved ones, let me repeat empathetically that the gospel entrusted to me was not given to me by any man. No one taught me this revelation, for it was given to me directly by the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Mm. That is so profound. And it carries language to express what we've been trying to say here today. There's two trees. We started out talking about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, Mm. which is a choice. We can go to that tree if we want knowledge. We can eat from it directly, or we can go to the tree of life, which would require us coming to Jesus, because Jesus is the tree of life to us. Out of that encounter would come intimacy and union with him that would bring knowledge in more of a roundabout way 
that scripture that you read last week has been rocking me all week where you said the hidden wisdom which was stored up for us before the foundation of the earth. Mm-hmm. There was a wisdom that was hidden and stored up for us available in the tree of life had we waited and done it the right way. And thankfully, Jesus has mm-hmm. paved a way for us to go back there again. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that he's given us direct access again to the tree of life because that is where our light comes from. Get out of our head, <laughs> get into his presence. There you go. Yeah, that's a big one. This <laughs> relies on union ascending and descending, Mm -hmm. and seeing things from eternal perspective. Yeah, that's huge. Mm. Kratos, we've really done it this time. (laughs) I've used this description before, but I feel like I'm a little fish at the mouth of the Fraser River looking out into the ocean. The heart of the Father is unsearchable except Mm -hmm. by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's how much wisdom and knowledge he holds. Yeah. If we ask the Holy Spirit... What do you have for me? Bring that to me. Let the Holy Spirit search the heart of the Father mm-hmm. and bring to us spirit to spirit. Infuse into us those things mm-hmm. which eye has not seen, ears not heard. And in that place, we can have his mind. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> okay, let's go up. <gasps> yeah. All right, Cretus, that's where we end it today. Mm-hmm. I feel overwhelmed right now with God's glory. It's so strong here. You can feel it in the studio. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we hope you have an awesome, glory-encountered-filled week. And may the Holy Spirit search the heart of the Father for you and bring to you and infuse to you what he has prepared for you this week. Yes. Above everything you could ask or imagine. Woo! Oh. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.